Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Tom Cheney, and this is Living Health Live. Joining me for the show and in our practice, Living Health Integrative Medicine, is my wife, Dr. Stephanie Cheney. Thanks for joining us. This is your show, so take advantage of this time to begin your journey to good health. Dr. Steph and I, we're going to provide information and instructions on how to live a better and healthier life free of chronic diseases like diabetes, neuropathy, autoimmunity, pain and arthritis, and so much more. You can send your questions to info at mylivinghealth.com. We'll answer those on the air. We're here every Thursday at 1230 to help you learn and grow. This is a place to get valuable information to help you with your health challenges. So check out our website at mylivinghealth.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there. You can also call our office for an appointment at 410-216-9180. Now let's get started with today's show. Today we're taking another look at natural thyroid solutions. So this is the second part. And um, last show we talked about you know some of the statistics. I'll go through a few of those really quickly. It's estimated 20 million Americans have some form of thyroid condition. Um, and 60% of those, they don't even know they have this condition. Some of the common symptoms are you're not losing weight despite dieting and, and sticking to a strict diet, constipation and other um, GI issues, hair is thinning and falling out, fatigued, little to no energy, very difficult to get going in the morning and just very tough to get through the day. So chronic fatigue-like symptoms. Also hair and nails, so brittle nails, um, I'm sorry, skin and nails, so um, brittle nails and just skin issues, dry skin. Also depression, that's a common one that I hear from many patients coming in is they just do not feel, um, feel well. And so we talked about um, in the conventional medical system, a patient goes in and explains to their doctor that they're having these symptoms. And we talked about the typical treatment. And so Dr. Steph, why don't you talk about that? Yeah, just recapping. Um, generally, what will happen is if you're complaining of low uh, thyroid type symptoms, then the marker uh, TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone gets run. And if that marker is high, um, then you may get put on a synthetic thyroid prescription hormone replacement therapy, which is basically the the, the thyroid hormone T4. So. Um, and then their goal with that medication is just to get TSH into normal range. Um, unfortunately, not addressing the myriad of other things that could be going on under the hood that are actually contributing to those symptoms. So it's not uncommon for a patient to come in to see us and they have the whole litany of symptoms still in existence. Their TSH, all their thyroid marker is normal. Their medications are being taken and everything is looking good on paper in black and white, and yet they still have these issues. And so this is why we see so many um, patients come to see us that have been to just endocrinologist after endocrinologist, doctor after doctor after doctor. Everything's normal. Everything's normal. Everything's normal as far as lab work. If you're still having issues, if you're still depressed, if you're still dealing with anxiety, it must be a mental thing. Go see the, the psych doc. Get put on antidepressants or something. So we see that a lot. So um, really, really quick, just to recap what we went over last time with the physiology, the thyroid is in the front of the throat. The pituitary gland in the brain is the gland that makes TSH. Thyroid hormone that comes out of the thyroid is mostly T4, inactive, um, and the brain measures T4. 
It then has to go through the system, T4, and get converted and activated into the form that the cells use, which is T3. And most of that happens in the liver, and some of that happens in the GI tract, the, the intestinal lining, and then some of hormone just gets taken back up so that you're not going to run hyper. It's just a checks and balances system. Now, I, I want to ask a question that a lot of patients have when they come in, and that's, you know, they're on medications, and many patients come to us because they don't want to take medication. So if you're on thyroid medications, do you have to be on thyroid medications forever? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. Yeah. I mean, if you've, if you've got a primary, well, maybe we should talk about the causes. So let's get, the, okay. The main causes only because, again, depending on what the treatment would be or our therapeutic approach, we may end up being able to have somebody not need as much thyroid hormone, but depending on, again, the disease, they may actually need more. And so this is one of those medications that, like insulin, if you don't have any pancreas function and that pancreas is kaput, you need to take insulin to live. If the thyroid is kaput, you need thyroid hormone replacement therapy. So while we do have lots of patients coming to see us that have the goal of reducing or eliminating medication, we always have to set a realistic expectation sometimes with the thyroid that may not may not be the goal. There are limitations to the body, basically, is what you're saying. Right. They may need thyroid hormone, but what we want to do is make sure that they're actually using the thyroid hormone appropriately. Um, they're metabolizing it correctly, and their symptoms, their overall function, improve. That's the other thing we're really right. looking for. Well, let's get into the top causes of thyroid dysfunction. So um, when patients come in with thyroid symptoms, there could be a number of different causes. So let's go through those top causes. Yeah, so first and foremost, you might actually have a primary thyroid problem. So something has happened to the thyroid. It got traumatized um, uh, for some reason, it didn't develop properly, um, but there's there could be not much going on um, that's aberrated in the rest of the body, but maybe the actual problem is the thyroid itself. And this um, is what most patients are told that This they is have. what most patients are diagnosed with as far as a formal diagnosis code. This is what most patients think they have, primary hypothyroid disorder. Um, and in fact, I think it's probably very rare um, that the thyroid in and of itself as an isolated uh, gland is, is not working well. So um, it's more or less going to be one of the other things that we talk about. So there is a problem called underconversion, where remember we talked about... So T this is another cause. Right. So T T4, the inactive form of thyroid hormone, has to be converted somewhere and activated into its active form of T3. 60% of that happens in the liver. And 20% of that happens in the intestinal lining. So you got to look at liver function because if your liver is not working well for whatever reason, and there are lots of reasons why the liver may not be working. We live in a very toxic world where we're consuming a lot of pollutants. We're consuming a lot of fake foods. We're consuming a lot of synthetic drugs um, and dealing with infections and dealing with stress. And that can all impact liver. So if your liver's not working very well, you may have an underconversion problem because of the liver. So if we want to make sure we're converting T4 into T3, we have to make sure the liver is functioning. So we might actually be working with someone's liver to get their thyroid symptoms down. 
The other thing to look at is the intestinal lining. If your intestinal lining is inflamed or not functioning well, then you're not going to be converting hormones. So there's two areas that we might have to work on in order to eliminate these quote-unquote thyroid symptoms. That's underconversion. Then there's another issue of overconversion. So if you are overconverting T4 into T3, that can manifest as low T4 circulating around, tripping the brain to then try to speed up the thyroid um, to make more um, T4. And so you could have that presentation of low thyroid when you're actually overconverting and making way too much T3. That can actually result in something called thyroid hormone resistance, which is really tricky. It's hard to, there's no real test for this other than sometimes in our office, we've tried everything and nothing's working. But just like someone can have insulin resistance from being overexposed to insulin and the insulin receptors become damaged or shut down on the cells, you can have the same thing happen to thyroid hormone. You can also have overabundances of other hormones that actually compete for thyroid um, receptors and so they can get bunged up with all these other things and that can cause a thyroid hormone resistance. So you might have normal levels of everything floating around and have all the symptoms of hypothyroid because your receptors are not <laughs> working very well. Primary thyroid condition, we talked about underconversion, we talked about overconversion, we also discussed thyroid resistance, thyroid hormone resistance. Now we haven't discussed the most common one that we see in our practice, and some of the research says that this, this actually makes up the majority of cases. One of the most common causes of uh, thyroid symptoms and thyroid issues or disease that comes into our office is something called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And this is an autoimmune condition, which means the immune system now decided to attack the thyroid. And so um, I'm obviously simplifying it for the purposes of the show, but if your immune system is now attacking the thyroid, you almost want to visualize taking a sledgehammer to a tomato or having Pac-Man come and just start munch, 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 and crumbs are going everywhere. And so if you are having an immune system attack on the thyroid, what happens is excess T4 can shoot out of the thyroid. And so now you have too much T4, and you've got now the beginnings of a problem. How it manifests in the beginning, the onset of, of Hashimoto's, is actually a hyperthyroid condition initially. Because remember, if you have high amounts of T4, then you will eventually have low amounts of TSH from the brain, and low TSH is a sign of hyperthyroidism. So I almost call this disease hyperhypo. In the beginning, it will be hypernormal. So you flare up, attack the thyroid, become hyper. That can present as not sleeping, being jittery, lots of wonderful weight loss that you don't even have to exercise for, um, being able to pull all-nighters in college with no problem and no caffeine. You're actually running as a hyperthyroid, even a little manic maybe in your personality. And then you may go into remission for a period because autoimmune diseases flare and remiss. And when you go into remission, you've now destroyed a little bit of that thyroid and will have some scar tissue starting to form. Much like a rheumatoid arthritis patient will have those gnarly knuckles, the scarred knuckles start to form. They have scarring in the joints. And so every time you flare and remiss, thyroid goes hyper, then back into normal in the remission. And then boom, flare, hyper, 
normal. And you can kind of have this roller coasting sort of personality even, a little manic depressive almost. And at some point in this destruction and flare-up of the thyroid, because of the immune system, you can start to have, uh, for a period of time, the ups and down swings of TSH can happen within the normal lab range. So they won't even get picked up on lab work as you having a thyroid issue, even though you may be having these up and down mood swings and the beginnings of, of the destruction of the thyroid. This may take years, it may take a couple decades, but eventually with enough flare-ups of your immune system attacking the thyroid and enough scarring uh, and bungling of the thyroid, you could end up starting to go hypo. Every time you go into remission now, you are not able to produce thyroid hormone very well on your own because of all the damage to the thyroid. And now when you go into remission, you start to go hypo and eventually you might get picked up on lab work as having a high TSH because now you've destroyed enough thyroid. By the time someone gets diagnosed with hypothyroidism, if it's because of Hashimoto's, they've been hammering that thyroid for a long time. So the Hashimoto's makes up the majority of cases and it's actually not even a thyroid condition. The thyroid is actually just being, it's under attack. And it's an autoimmune condition that's actually causing these thyroid symptoms and thyroid dysfunction. I'm Dr. Tom Cheney, along with Dr. Stephanie Cheney. And today we're talking about natural solutions for the thyroid. This is um, the first half of the show. We talked about some of the top causes of thyroid dysfunction. So we went through different causes and we left off talking about Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune condition, which makes up the majority of the cases. And that's what we see in our office. Now, the other thing I wanna point out before we move forward. So we talked about Hashimoto's, we talked about thyroid hormone resistance. We talked about overconversion of hormones. We talked about underconversion of hormones. We also talked about the primary low thyroid. Here's the thing that listeners need to know is that when you go into the conventional doctor and the doctor looks at that and looks at your numbers, the numbers look the same typically and they get treated all the same. You're still just getting the same hormone, whether that's Synthroid or Levothyroxine, you know, there's some of the common names that you hear and they're just really treating the symptom and treating that number and not treating the root cause. Let's pick up and let's talk about thyroid regulation because it is, the thyroid is dependent on many different factors. And so let's, let's get into um, some of the factors that can actually cause Hashimoto's. We can talk about some of the issues that cause thyroid dysfunction and, and get into that. Yeah. So um, just generally speaking, we've talked about underconversion, hyper. Uh, uh, overconversion, and that can happen with liver dysfunction, uh, intestinal lining dysfunction. There's other glands to consider when looking at metabolic issues contributing to symptoms of a low thyroid. Um, and one of those is looking at your adrenal glands. The other thing is looking at hormone balances as far as estrogen and testosterone and, and other hormones. Um, what uh, can be a, a common cause of thyroid symptoms or low thyroid symptoms is estrogen dominance because estrogen competes with some of the same hormone carriers as thyroid hormone. And so if estrogen is taking up all the seats on the bus, there's no room for thyroid hormone, then you're not going to be doing a very good job of circulating and activating thyroid hormone. So sometimes looking at the sex hormones is an important thing as well. 
Um, other things that we talked about are, do you have an infection that's causing systemic inflammation or gut inflammation or leaky gut? Um, so these are, these are lots of different things to look at other than just TSH. And then we talked a little bit about the, the most common thing that we see coming in is Hashimoto's. Because um, I, I, I get asked when I start talking about the thyroid, well, I had to have my thyroid removed because I had thyroid cancer. And interestingly, um, a lot of thyroid cancer is associated with or in parallel with this, this autoimmune Hashimoto's um, scenario. And I, there's lots of stuff coming out. Gosh, every year there's new research coming out that's helping us get to the root cause of some of these thyroid conditions. But um, if you've had your thyroid removed because of thyroid cancer, obviously you need to be on thyroid hormone for the rest of your life. Um, but if you're still having symptoms, which is very likely, you've got to, we've got to look at these other things that we just talked about as far as that. Another important factor to look at is blood sugar regulation and insulin resistance. So a lot of our diabetics that come in for diabetes reversal, oh, it just so happens they got a thyroid condition that we have to manage. Or we've got people coming in for thyroid balancing, they've got thyroid symptoms, and oh, one of the things we find out is they're pre-diabetic or they're also diabetic, and we have to handle balancing the blood sugar because blood sugar dysregulation um, and insulin resistance also hammers the thyroid. So Lots to look at <laughs> aside from TSH. Right. So what I want to do, though, is I want to talk about the things that could be triggers for this autoimmune disease. Because you start talking autoimmune diseases and people get real freaked out. I will tell you if there's a pattern of low thyroid in the family, like grandma had low thyroid, mom was on Synthroid, and now you've got a thyroid condition or all the sisters have a thyroid condition, you need to start digging around to see if this is an autoimmune thing. Because there can be a genetic predisposition. Doesn't mean you're going to have that happen. Um, but if all the stars align and all the things happen in your little environment um, that trigger those genetic um, things, and that can be a factor. Um, so Hashimoto's is an immune system disease. It's an autoimmune disease. It's not a primary thyroid condition. And it, at some point in your life, something has triggered your immune system to attack um, your thyroid. Probably what initiated it, by the time someone comes to see us, and they may have had this going on for 20 plus years, the, probably the initial thing is long gone. It could have been a chemical exposure, could have been a strep throat or a viral infection, mononucleosis, things like that, so Epstein-Barr virus. Um, could have been a lot of different factors, right? Uh, and so, uh, but there are flare-ups and remissions that will happen. And so what our goal is to figure out clinically are what are the likely things that are causing you to flare up and attack your thyroid so that we can take those things out, fix them, manage them in a way that we can get you into a remission. And the goal is to get you and keep you in remission for the rest of your life. So we really treat Hashimoto's very much like we treat other autoimmune patients that may have psoriasis or um, rheumatoid arthritis, which is the goal is remission, basically. The reason why this doesn't get tested very often or people don't get tested for it very often in the conventional system is because it doesn't change the treatment plan. If your TSH is high for whatever reason, including Hashimoto's, and you need thyroid medication, only if the TSH is goes high, will you get put on a conventional medicine? Until TSH goes high, there's nothing anyone can do. They do not have the tools in the conventional model to handle the autoimmune component. Um, and 
the autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, where they put people on prednisone and methotrexate and chemotherapy drugs, they will not do that in a Hashimoto's case because that the side effects of that far outweigh the side effects of low-functioning thyroid. But the danger of not addressing the immune system with a Hashimoto's case and not testing for it and not doing what we do functionally to get a person into remission is that there are several other secondary autoimmune diseases that can be associated with Hashimoto's. So it's very common with Hashimoto's patients to have type 1 diabetes where you're attacking your pancreas also, or rheumatoid arthritis, or psoriasis. It's so common that people are coming in with not one autoimmune disease, but they kind of run in packs. It's also closely associated with higher incidence of Alzheimer's dementia. So you kind of want to know, first of all, if your thyroid condition is related to Hashimoto's, and then how do I get myself into remission? So we looked at a whole plethora of things to look at, liver, gut, all that good stuff. We still have to address that, but we also now have to address the Hashimoto's and the autoimmune triggers. The way to diagnose Hashimoto's is either um, with a blood test that's testing for thyroid antibodies. It's usually enough to ask your doctor to say to run thyroid antibodies. So if you have a thyroid condition and that hasn't been tested or you're not sure, you need to ask for thyroid antibodies. That's one of the first things we do with a hypothyroid patient to determine do you have Hashimoto's or not because it's going to determine the rest of what we do with you. Um, the other way is through ultrasound and biopsy. So some people will have an ultrasound. They'll start to see a lot of um, cysts and chewed up kind of thyroid scar tissue, that type of thing, growths and whatnot. And so they may actually diagnose that from an ultrasound. Okay, so now we know you have Hashimoto's. What do we need to look at? Well, we need to look at what could be triggering you to attack your thyroid. And so... Um, so do we do that through lab work? We do that a little bit through lab work, <laughs> a lot actually through lab work, and we do that a lot through the history uh, of the patient as well. So um, one of the things that, um, that research shows is a common cause of dysregulated immune system that can attack the thyroid is um, vitamin D receptor problems. And so we have to test for things like vitamin D but also we might have to drive a person with Hashimoto's up into a higher level of vitamin D than an, another patient that we might be working with. Um, estrogen dominance, we just talked about that just with general thyroid function, mm -hmm. but that is also something that can, the swings in hormones, this is why more females have the hypothyroid than ma males, is because we produce more estrogen than men do. And so estrogen dominance in general predisposes us to more likelihood of a thyroid condition or thyroid issues and balances with the hormones. But it also can be um, the, when you think about a female, the onset of menstruation, then the monthly cycle, all these potential swings in hormones, and then perimenopause, um, especially an unhealthy perimenopause, those are the times when women flare up and may end up with a diagnosis, pregnancy, huge hormone swings with pregnancy. And so those big hormone swings in estrogen um, can trigger a flare up and then a huge remission. And then this is why someone very commonly might say, well, I was diagnosed with hypothyroid after my second child. Well, after your second child, you just destroyed enough thyroid that now you showed up as hypothyroid. So I wonder sometimes if postpartum depression isn't also this manifestation of 
this autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's. Right. In fact, um, I'm just going to put this out there. I wonder if a lot of psychiatric cases, women getting diagnosed with manic depressive disorder, men with bipolar disorder, you know, psychiatrists should be running thyroid antibodies on people and looking for Hashimoto's because it causes these incredible hyper, hypo kind of swings. And guess what? That affects brain function. Um, okay, so vitamin D, estrogen dominance, this is why it's more commonly found in, in women. Intestinal infections or parasites is a common trigger. Um, you can have an intestinal parasite, you can have lots of stuff going on inflammation-wise with the GI tract, food allergies in particular um, can cause inflammation, you end up with leaky gut. Viruses and bacteria can now get into the system as well as obviously through other barriers like lung barriers. And we're now finding that high levels of chronic um, active Epstein-Barr virus could be another trigger for this autoimmune disease. So we need to start testing people for underlying pathogens, viruses, candida yeast, things like that, and working on eliminating those things in order um, to help. Iodine excess... And that's a key thing, not just iodine, because iodine deficiency can cause hypothyroid um, uh, dysfunction. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to more likely cause a primary low thyroid. But iodine in excess can actually be a trigger um, of these, these higher amounts of antibodies and Hashimoto's flare-ups. So that's a thing that we have to weigh out when we're working with a Hashimoto's patient. Um, other things would be uh, insulin resistance. So... Um, with our autoimmune patients, it's really important to make sure sugars are managed and balanced throughout the day, whether you're diabetic, pre-diabetic, um, um, you know, hypo, uh, as far as sugar, uh, goes. And so, um, it's important to make sure that insulin resistance is, is handled in order to keep inflammation down, keep the immune system balanced. Um, there's a lot of nutrient deficiencies that people have. We, we test people for these. Um, we do a lot of blood work and urine testing for nutrient deficiencies for things like vitamin C, glutathione, ubiquinol. These are antioxidants that are super important for balanced immune function. And we're just seeing so many people that are deficient in these nutrients. And so these might be things that um, one can get as far as supplemental therapy. Um, so I've just touched on a few <laughs> of the main issues. And um, I think the take-home message is that what you just touched on is the functional medicine approach that we take in our office versus the conventional medical approach. Because the, in the conventional medical system, all these things, all these causes, they're all lumped in and looked at pretty much the same way, unfortunately, treated the same way. Mm -hmm. um, in the functional medicine approach, our approach is we have to really tease out and look at all these different parts, look at the whole body as a unit. And then we're able to see patients actually get results and start feeling better because we're actually treating the root causes. So patients are feeling better. They're not depressed. They're sleeping better. They have more energy. They're losing weight. You know, all these different things that, um, that a patient is looking to achieve. So, this has been a great show, and I hope you've enjoyed it. You've been listening to Living Health Live with me, Dr. Tom Cheney and Dr. Stephanie Cheney of Living Health Integrated Medicine in Annapolis. Make sure that you tune in next Thursday at 12.30 p.m. And remember that our goal is to help at least 1 million cases of diabetes um, be reversed by 2020. You can live your health 
and your life free of diabetes, um, you know, without this, this disease. So visit our website at mylivinghealth.com to get more information. The information on this show is intended as educational information only. The information given here is designed to help you make informed decisions about your health and is not intended as a substitute for any medical treatment.